Your word would speak to us, Father, that we would be challenged through your word tonight, and that I also ask for the uh, fellowship to come, that you'd uh, bless the harvest party, Lord, in your precious name I pray, amen. Alright, like I've said a couple times already tonight, my goal is to not preach very long, because we do have the harvest party tonight, and we want you to have fun with that, but I do want to take a few moments to go through the Bible, and allow the Bible to have its uh, priority, of course. And we're still in Exodus 35, this is the passage for tonight, next week we'll be in Exodus 36, but I just want to point out a few thoughts out of this text tonight, like I said, I don't want to take too long, Moses is getting ready to build the tabernacle, remember he spent 40 days and 40 nights twice on the mountain Sinai, and God gave him the vision there, and he saw the tabernacle, and he saw the furniture, and we went through all that, and we taught in regards to that, now they're getting ready to build those things, they're getting ready to do those things, and I want you to see, this is a great chapter in regards to, and I preached on it actually a few months ago, well, not a few months ago now, it's been close to a year now, I guess, uh, preached to, uh, about it when we were uh, wanting to purchase the van, but I just want to give you a few uh, things to think about. Number one, the, well, this passage here is about giving. If these people, I don't know if you noticed, but they, Moses says, you know, it's time to build a tabernacle, time to build a furniture, and we're going to need uh, some material, we're going to need some resources to be able to do this work that God has called us to do, and the people uh, came together, really one of the only times that they really just come together in the book of Exodus, and, and, and we see them uh, working for God as opposed to against God, and we see them working with God as opposed to God working in spite of them, and in, in, in verse 5, if you look at verse 5, like I said, we're not going to go through the whole chapter tonight, I just want to give you some highlights, but in verse 5, the Bible says this, and they spake unto Moses, saying, the people, uh, uh, wait, that's not the verse I want you to be in, good night, where, that, that, I'm, in, I'm in chapter 36, I'm sorry, chapter 35, verse 5, that's where I want you to be, chapter uh, 35, verse 5. It says, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. Now, what I want you to see, the first part of verse 5 there says, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Let me tell you something. There is always a reason to give. There's always a reason to give. And you know, at Verity Baptist Church, and some of you may or may not be familiar with different churches, but Verity Baptist Church, if I know of a church that does not emphasize money and giving, I, I I cannot think of a church that emphasizes money or giving less than Verity Baptist Church. Every church I've ever gone to, every sermon, every service, every announcement is about, we need money for this, and we need money for that, and we need you to give. And look, I'm not going to apologize for preaching on giving, I'm not going to apologize for preaching on, on, on finances, but it's just something we don't uh, put a lot of value in around here. Uh, and, and the reason for that is because God doesn't put a lot of value on it. Now, there's a lot to say in regards to money, but, you know, don't walk away tonight saying, ah, Pastor always wants money. If you walk away from this service tonight saying, Pastor Amen is always preaching about money, you're a liar. I mean, just flat out, you're a liar. Because I never preach on it. And the only reason we're preaching on it tonight is because we're in Exodus 35. You know, you say, oh, I, those preachers all want money. Look, we don't, we barely preach, we don't charge for anything around here. Go to the average church and try to get a, a preaching city. Five bucks. Ten bucks, fifteen bucks. You know, we don't charge for anything. We don't charge for activities. You know, the average church, uh, the ladies would have to pay for the books they're purchasing. We purchase the books. All you got to do is let us know you're coming. Some of you don't even let us know you're coming. You just come. <laughs> we still got a book for you. You know, we'll take care of you. And that's the and we do that on purpose. That's the philosophy of the church. We don't ask for a lot. But I'm here to tell you something. There's always a reason to give. Amen. If you look, if you say people say, well, Pastor, could you? Use? We could always use. <laughs> we, we're always in need. And here Moses comes to the people, and he says, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. He says, look, we're going to need some stuff. And I, I'm always amazed how people get this mentality. 
Well, they're doing fine. They're doing fine. They must not need much. You know, and, and, and not just in the area of giving. I literally had when we came into this building. We had a, a few months where we were having real high attendances, and we've gone down a little bit since then. And that's just church life. Don't let that discourage you. It's just how it goes. You you, you go up and down and up and down um, with the attendances, and that's fine. You know, we're not here uh, for crowds or people. We should be here for the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, when we when we first moved in the building, we started having some bigger crowds. I literally had somebody say this to me, and I don't even know. I, I don't even know what to say to these people. I just I just walk away is what I do because I think to myself, there's no reasoning with somebody like that. But here's what somebody said. Somebody literally said these words to me. They said, "Man, it's really exciting. The church has been growing. I don't have to go to church anymore." The church has been growing, so that means I don't have to go to church anymore. Because you won't miss me as much. I'm thinking to myself, you're, I don't even know, what, what, do I, what do you say to that? The church has been growing, so you don't need to come to church anymore. That's a, and here's the thing, this is what I think to myself. If everybody had that philosophy, the church wouldn't be growing. <laughs> you understand that? I, I'll never understand. People came to our church and said, man, I really like your church, I really like the preaching, I really like the music, I really like the stand you take, but we don't, you know, when our church was, was newer, and, and we didn't have uh, as many people, people came to our church, but you guys don't have any teenagers, so I, I'm going to take my teenager over to whatever. I think to myself, well, if everybody has a teenager, has that mentality, we'll never have teenagers. You understand what I'm saying? People say, well, you guys don't have anything for the ladies. Well, if all the ladies have that mentality, do you understand what I'm saying? If people have this mentality, you have enough, or you don't have enough, you know, it's like, here's what you got to understand. You're always needed, you're always wanted, not just in giving, but in every area of life. People think, well, you can do it without us, but it won't be the same without you. Of course we can do it without you, but it won't be the same. We, we're always in need. And you know, people, people have this idea, well, well, you don't have any. Moses just spent 40, 80 days, a total of 80 days with God on the mountain. He comes off the mountain and he says, guess what, people? We're in need. He says, we need an offering. Number two, God, I want you to notice this, what God wants. Look at verse 5 again. And I want you to just make note of this in the Bible. It says, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Look what it says. Whosoever is of a, notice this word, willing heart. Do you see that? If you're not afraid to underline your Bible, I don't underline that word there. Willing heart. It says, Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him, let who? Him that is of a willing heart, bring it an offering unto the Lord of gold and silver and brass. Go down to verse number uh, uh, 20, real quickly. Verse number 20 in the same chapter. Exodus 35. Look at verse number 20. Look what it says. The Bible says, And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. So Moses just got done explaining to them what they needed, what the need was. He said, If anybody can help us with this, we'd appreciate it. They all leave Moses. Look at verse 21. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up. Do you see that? Their heart stirred them up. And everyone whom his spirit made, make note of this word, willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service and for all the holy garments. Look at verse 22. And they came both uh, men and women, as many as were, notice this word, willing hearted and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tables uh, and jewels and gold. And every man that offered offered an offering unto the Lord of gold, uh, of gold unto the Lord. Skip down to verse number 29. Look at verse number 29. In verse 29 he says, And the children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord. And every man and woman whose heart made them willing. Are you starting to get the point? God wants willing givers. Do you see that? You know, what, God, you know why we don't sit here and, and just guilt you into giving and, and give you a sad story about how, you know, the, you know, my kids aren't being fed or whatever, you know what I mean? You know why we don't do that? Because we don't want to guilt anybody into giving anything. That's 
Go, go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. You know that God wants you to give, but more than God wants you to give, God wants you to give willingly. God wants you to be willing to give. He wants you to do it out of your heart. He doesn't want to force you to do it. And, and uh, are you there in 2 Corinthians in the New Testament? 2 Corinthians. The fact that we do this, the fact you get to the okay? 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Look at verse number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Look at verse 7. Are you there yet? I want you to see this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. I'm there. Verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, Every man, notice what it says, Every man according as he purposed in his heart. Do you see that? So let him give, notice this, not grudgingly. Do you know what the word grudgingly means? Complaining about it. Whining about it. Why do I have to give that? He says, not grudgingly or of necessity. Hey, don't give because we need. Let me tell you something. At Verity Baptist Church, we've never begged and we never will beg for anything. God owns, the Bible tells us that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Hey, God can provide for our needs. We're not going to, you know, you say, well, I'm going to give because if I don't give, the church isn't going to survive. The church survived without you for a long time and if you leave, it'll survive still. You say, you say, well, you know, that's why, wait, that's why we started in the house. Why? So we wouldn't be depending on anybody. Thank you. And if you say, well, if I leave and I take my tithe with me. Look, you leave and take your tithe with you. We'll just, we'll, we'll make do. God will provide. Amen. Don't get this attitude, well, I got to give because they need it. God doesn't need anything from you. If anything, you need God. Amen. Every man, according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. Notice, this is what I want you to see, last part of verse 7. For God loveth a willing giver. Do you see that? Is that what it says? What does it say? A cheerful giver. You know what's a cheerful giver? Someone who's happy to give. Amen. Someone who's happy. You know how you're happy to give? When you're not doing it grudgingly. When you're not doing it of necessity. When you're doing it because of a heart and a love for God. I'm here to tell you something. God wants you to give willingly. And by the way, He's talking about finances here, but this is in every area of life. Look, let me tell you something. Don't ever feel forced to do anything for God. Please not on my behalf. Sometimes people, well, sir, I've grown up in church my whole life. And I'll see people. I, 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 I'll, I'll see people act in church, and the way they act about things. And I, I want to ask them, like, are, do, you, do you hold stock in our church or something? Are you making money off of what we do around here? I mean, people will act as if what they're doing around here is for their own benefit. The, the way people get upset and mad about, well, I can't believe this is going on. I'm thinking to myself, are you losing money here? I thought we were doing this for God. Amen. See, in every area of life, not only should we be willing to give financially, but we ought to be willing to give of ourselves to God. The Bible says we ought to give ourselves a living sacrifice. But doesn't God, here's what I'm trying to say, God doesn't want a forced gift. Yeah. I used to work for a, a man, and I, I, uh, we, we did air conditioning, and he'd always say this. Had a very successful business. Only been his his business has been around for seven years. He's making well over two million dollars a year. Very successful. Here's what he always said. He he said, "At our company, we only want happy money." And what he meant by that is this: If the customer is not happy, don't take their money. If they're upset, don't take their money. Now, some people take advantage of that. But he said, "You know what? Let people take advantage of that. We only want happy money." He says, when we, when we pay off debt, or when we get bonuses, or when we do, we want to make sure that we're doing that, not off the backs of our customers, but that we're working together with our customers. And you know what? With the church and with God, it's the same way. If you're going to go soul winning and be mad about it all the time, you're forcing me to go soul winning. I'm not forcing you to do anything. You understand what I'm saying? You say, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to be mad about it all the time. Then don't do it. And don't be upset about it. Either do it with the right heart, or don't do it at all, because 
Because guess what? God's more interested in your heart than in your actions. And you can do something and you do it in the wrong spirit and God says, whatever. And you know, oftentimes I've got to check myself. I'm telling you, as a pastor of Ready Baptist Church, I've got to check myself on why I do things. Because if I start doing things for the for for the financial gain, there's not much uh, not 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 much incentive there. And if I start doing it for people, there's not much incentive there either. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've obviously not dealt with a lot of people. We ought to have a willing heart. And that's what God wants. These people gave, but they gave out of the willingness. God says He wants a cheerful giver. Not only that. But if you go back to Exodus 35, I want you to see the way they gave. They gave, not only did they give with a willing heart, but they gave, the, the way they gave, number one, I want you to see this, they gave financially. They actually gave money. Look at verse 6, Exodus 35, verse 6. The Bible says, and blue and purple. Actually, look at, look at verse 5 again. Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it. Look what it says. An offering of the Lord. Look what, look what they gave. Gold, silver, brass. Does that sound expensive? Blue, purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair, and ramskin, dyed red, and badger skin, and shittim wood, and oil for the light, and the spice anointing, and for the sweet incense, and onyx stones, and stones to be set, for the ephod, and for breastplates, every wise-hearted among you shall come, and make all that the Lord hath commanded him. Skip down to verse number 23. I just want you to see these things they gave. Verse 23. And every man with whom uh, was found blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair. These were expensive materials. And red skin of rams, and badger skin, and brought them. Every one that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering. And every man with whom was found shittim wood for any work of the service brought it. Uh, go over to verse number 27. And the rulers brought onyx stones and stones to be set. These are, they're giving like rubies and diamonds. And the rulers brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate and spices and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. Let me tell you something. They gave financially. And, and, and like I said, I don't, I don't preach a lot on finances and I don't apologize for preaching on finances, but I don't preach a lot on finances, but every once in a while, I, we, need to remind, we need to remind our church people. You know, we often want to do and do and do. And we like it when we have the activities and, and, and we get the books and we get the pizza and we get the this. And, and Pastor takes us off to eat after soul winning and Pastor does this and, and we read the jump miles or we do this or we do that. Let me tell you something. I'm all for that and I love doing all that. But do you know that it all costs money? And you know, one thing I've noticed about our church is let me just, can I give you a practical can I, can, can I give you a practical example tonight without sounding like I'm uh, whining or complaining because I'm not whining or complaining. I, I love the work of the ministry. But can I can I just give you a, a quick practical example? You know that you know that uh, our church. I think you know I may be uh, frugal with my money, but a lot of times with the church, we our, the church we just want to spoil the church. We just want to love the church. You know, my wife and I were talking just a couple of days ago, and we and we decided. Uh, that we weren't going to be able to have a, a Christmas party this year. Now, please, understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying this because I want somebody to show up and give me money for the Christmas party. In fact, I won't accept it. I, I just want, I want to, to give you something to think about. Now, last year we had a Christmas party, and at the Christmas party we had a gift for every single person in the church. Do you remember that? We had all these King James Bibles uh, that we gave out on Christmas Day. And even more than that, on that Sunday night, we gave everybody a $5 gift card, and we, gave, we did all sorts of things. And we were happy to do it. 
And, I thought, and my wife and I said, well, we sat down and looked at the finances. We said, we're not going to be able to do it this year. You say, now here's the thing. Why? Here's why. The attendance has grown, but the finances haven't. You see what I'm saying? Now, I'm not against you if you're here and not giving. I'm just trying to explain to you that everything we do around here costs money. And when there's more people to serve and more people to minister and more uh, coffee to buy and more milk to buy and more, you know, now we've got a building with a rent and an electric bill and this and that. I, I'm all for it and we want to serve people. But you've got to understand, we, it, it's nice to be spiritual on the spiritual sense, but in a practical sense, you've got to understand, it costs money to do things. And we could have 500 people, but if the same four are the only ones that are tithing, guess what? We can't do as much. And that's why we teach on working hard, and we teach on budgeting, and we teach on tithing, and we teach on all these things. And, and you know, some of you just need to learn how to just flat out tithe. The Bible says, and I'm not going to preach on it tonight, but the Bible is very clear on the subject of tithing. And people tell me this all the time. They say, well, if I tithe, I won't be able to pay my bills. And this is what I always want to say to them. You don't pay your bills anyway. <laughs> it's the truth. You don't pay your bills anyway. Why don't you pay God first? I'd rather, I'd rather be happier with, I'd rather God be happier with me than PG&E. Amen, Pastor. And I, I'm, just, I'm just here to explain something to you. Is that it costs money to serve God sometimes. To, to run a church. Amen, Pastor. Not only did they get financially, well, just look at this verse. Give your finger to Exodus 35, because we got to do this fast. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Is that rude of me to say? Can we just be, uh, can we just be real tonight? Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 19. Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 19. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, look what it says. See, the way, you see, if, you're, if, if, if me talking about money once every two years makes you squirm, it, it tells you, it should tell you a little bit about yourself. In, in Matthew chapter number 6, if you look at verse 19, the Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves uh, do not break through or steal. Look at verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. See, when you, when you steal from God, and you use God's money to you know, put it into the stock market, then guess, guess what? We know where your heart is. When you use God's money to use it on, well, I'm going to eat out. Guess, guess what? We know where your heart is. When you use God's money to buy clothing or, or, or go on trips or do things that are not... Hey, all, all I'm saying is it ought to teach you about your heart because the people whose hearts were set on things above also purpose in their heart and were willing to give out of what? Their heart. But those who gave grudgingly and out of necessity... See, here's the problem. Their heart's not in it. And that's why I, I say, well, Pastor, do, you, do we need anything? Look, I don't, we don't need anything. Oh, are you going to pay the rent? Look, we can meet under a tree and still have church. We don't need anything, but what you need to understand is this. Understand this. God is interested in your heart. And I want you to see, they gave, they gave financially, but go back to Exodus 35, look at verse 10. Exodus 35, look at verse 10. They gave financially, but they also gave out of their ability. Exodus 35, look at verse 10. Exodus 35, 10. And every wise-hearted among you shall come and, notice, make... All that the Lord hath commanded. So they said they were supposed to build a tabernacle, and there's a whole list of things they needed, and there's a list of things that they needed done. And some came and gave, and others came and worked. 
And many of them gave and worked. Go, go to uh, verse 30, real quickly. We're almost done. Verse 30. Look at verse 30. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. And he hath filled him with the Spirit of God, and wisdom, and understanding, and knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. He said, I have created certain individuals to do a specific job for you. And let me tell you something. God has given some of you gifts and abilities. Come on. And He expects you to use those for His purpose. Amen. And my, let me just say this. Soul winning is not a gift. Look, look up all the references to the spiritual gifts in the Bible. You don't find soul winning. You know why it's not a gift? Because it's a command. We're also going to do that. But some of us have been giving... Some, hey, some people have a gift of giving. Some people, God has just put in their heart to, to be a giver. And praise the Lord for that. And we want to make sure we don't take advantage of people like that. But praise the Lord for that. You know, it's not easy for people. Some, some of us to give is not easy. So, see, some people want to give and aren't, don't have the money to give. <laughs> some people have the money to give and they don't want to give. When you find somebody who has the money to give and wants to give, man, that's a rare person, okay? <laughs> because usually when the person that says they want to give but don't have money and they get the money, all of a sudden they don't want to give anymore. <laughs> that's a gift. You know, some people are given the gift of, of, of dealing with people. Hey, so, you know, one day I'd like to, and we should start this as soon as possible, one day I'd like to have a ministry of just greeters. People whose job it is to go around greeting first-time guests and making sure they're welcome. And that they're, you know, some people have a real knack for that. Yes. Some people have a real gift for that. Some people, I, I, I'd rather they not talk to them. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, some of us have gifts. God has given us gifts. God has given you ability. God has given you. Look, look around me. This, this, this building was remodeled because of gifts that God gave individuals that were willing to give back to God. So they gave financially. They gave of their ability. Number three. I just want you to see this. We accomplish more when everyone gets involved. Exodus 35, look at verse number 22. Exodus 35, look at verse 22. And they came both, notice, men and women. Do you see that? Skip down to verse number 29 real quickly. And the children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord every man and woman whose heart was willing. Uh, go to verse number 25 real quick. Again, it says, And all the women that were wise-hearted. Let me tell you something. We will accomplish more working together. You know, sometimes people have this, this idea. I, I've heard people say this my whole life. Like I said, I grew up in independent from Baptist church. So many churches my whole life. And I would hear people say, make statements like this. Let's go soul winning in the rich areas and maybe we'll get one millionaire saved and they can just finance everything for us. You know? <laughs> That'd be nice. I mean, I'm, I'm against the lottery and it's a sin to play the lottery, but if one of you is playing the lottery and you win the lottery, you better tie. <laughs> Somebody asked me. Somebody asked me. Somebody asked me, Pastor. Pastor, if you, if you, uh, if you, if I won the lottery, somebody asked me this a few weeks ago. If I won the lottery and I tied, would you take the money? I said, I'm like, we'll take any money. Right. If you drop a lottery ticket in the in the offering plate, we'll take it. Right. I told him this is what I said. I said, I'm not going to scratch it. I'll get Brother Vincent to scratch it. We'll, we'll do it. Hey, no. Here's what I'm trying to say. You know, yeah, but you, if we can get one millionaire, just if we can get Bill Gates. If like, we can get Bill Gates to get saved, then he can find it. Look. We'll accomplish more when we all... You know, you say, well, I don't have much to give. But when we all give what God has allowed us to give, you know, we'll accomplish more than just one person running it through. Yeah, right. You know why we have team soul winning? Because we'll accomplish more working as a team, going out together, working for the, for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They just went one for... Well, we've got the, the pastor. He's the professional evangelist. He just goes around and gets people saved. No, we'll work together. 
Financially, we'll work together. In the, in, in the ministry, we'll work together. Well, he said, when he said, hey, we've got some things to do, and I love this passage because it says, all the men and all the women, they all got together and they all worked together and they accomplished great things for God. See, God is always looking for someone to give. You say financially all the time? Maybe not be financially, maybe of your time, maybe your treasure, maybe your talent. But we ought to remember, when we serve God, we ought to do it of a willing. If you ever find yourself, look, if you ever find yourself saying, thinking to yourself, the only reason I'm doing this as a pastor, or because so-and-so, or because my spouse, or because... Look, that's a wrong attitude, and it's better to just not do it. We'd rather live without, than live with a bad attitude. We ought to do it of a willing heart. I, I give to God from my finances because I love God, and because God has taken care of me thus far. And by the way, you say, well, what if God stops taking care of you? God's still good. God's always good. But He wants you to have a willing heart. He wants you to give financially and of your ability. And He wants everybody to work together. And you know, the biggest problem churches have sometimes is that and we're not working together. A lot of times we're working against each other. And we ought to, the Bible says striving together for the faith of the gospel. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord, so much. Thank you for our church. And Lord, I pray you just bless the, uh, the, the word of God that was preached. I know it's just a short time, but I pray you would bless it and help us, Lord, to have a, a church filled with people who are of a willing heart. They don't give because they're forced to or they're guilted to do it. They're, they give because they love God and they want to do it. And the world doesn't understand that. Like we sang in the song, misunderstood because we're off peculiar. If I, if I had a nickel for every time someone misunderstood what I was saying, or misunderstood what the stand we were taking, or misunderstood what we believe, just because they don't know the love of God that constrains us. Father, I pray you'd bless the word that was preached. In your precious name I pray. Amen.